visit Cape and Cowell Comics at 1601 Clay Street in downtown Oakland, California, open every day, or online at capeandcowlcomics.com. Welcome to the Cape and Cowell Comics Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I'm joined by Aton Manhoff and Jeremy Finestone. How are you guys doing? Good, Henry. Good to be here. Excited for this one. Yeah. Doing great, Henry. Thanks. Great. Special day. We have a debate today. And not just a debate, but really the debate. The ultimate argument. Marvel or DC? And unlike the 2016 presidential debates, you're actually going to be interested in the content here. (laughs) You're actually going to be compelled to listen to what these gentlemen have to say, yeah? All right, so let's get to know our debaters. In this corner, Earth's mightiest Marvel fanboy, Jeremy Finestone. Jeremy, are you ready? As ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> He's right. not ready. He's not ready. <laughs> and in this corner, right look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the ultimate DC super fan, A-Town Manhoff. That's right. Here we go. Uh, and we should clarify, I think, um, this is not just a general DC versus Marvel. We are specifically talking about the 1996 miniseries. No, classic. <laughs> classic. Uh, Give it the respect. Yes, do. no, it is. It is. And so this is a four-issue punch-up between uh, DC and Marvel characters. There's 11 matchups we're going to go through, and it's going to be damn good to celebrate this DC victory. Uh, we'll see. Editorially <laughs> dictated and negotiated between the behind-the-scenes of these companies. Let's, you know what? Whatever. And you two have a bit of history uh, with these debates, right? Sure, yeah. Jeremy is not just here because he's a pretty face. I mean, he is a pretty face. Wow. I guarantee you that. <laughs> um, but the, the reason Jeremy's here is that we've known each other for quite some time. Um, we met in in college in Santa Cruz, um, Jeremy was working with a, a good friend of mine and uh, and my roommate at the time um, at the pizza joint. Right, yep. happened to be neighbors as well. And we were neighbors, yeah. And so so uh, Andrea, our friend, brought uh, brought Jeremy over one day, and he's like, you know, this is a meeting of the minds. Let's let's get these two nerds together uh, so they can geek out. And I think we did. I think we probably did geek out a little bit, but we didn't. Um, nothing really came of it. We didn't become like best buds or anything at that no. moment. We were we were both pretty much doing our own thing. We were on each other's radar, but yeah. not not like hand in hand buddies. Right, right. So then fast forward, I don't know, like six, seven, eight years, something like that. 2011, 2010, 2011, Comic Con. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we're waiting. We're both. Uh, we're waiting in line at the DC Comics booth at San yes. Diego Comic Con. Probably a DC panel. I will admit it. <laughs> was, uh, it a, was it a panel or we were like at the booth, right? We were, like we were probably we in line for some like for free pin, shit or garbage and all the knickknacks they give away. Total, those. total waste of time. Yeah. But so <laughs> somehow I think I mean we're maybe like right. You're standing right in front of me and my dad. I don't know. Maybe yeah. you hear my uh, my my booming masculine. 
powerful voice, and they're like, oh, <laughs> well, that must be Well, this really before, like, cell phones could dominate your attention span. <laughs> you actually had to look around, <laughs> and I recognized you, but I was like, I know that guy from somewhere. And it had been, what, almost like eight years? It had been a long like, time. It yeah. had been a long time. But so we start chatting. Um, we hit it off again, and this time a little a little more for real. And I, I don't know quite how it came to be, but, but very soon after, um, we started up this comic book book club. And I don't know if it spun out of this conversation or what it was, but it started very soon after. And Jeremy um, began making the trek up from Santa Cruz to San Francisco to like fight comics with us and read comics yeah. and share comics. I guess I guess I was the only one fighting, but Jeremy was probably <laughs> sharing. But uh, we, it, the, this club, in this club, we had some epic battles. Uh, Jeremy and I, and they tend to be around DC versus Marvel or just, you know, I'm just trying to educate Jeremy (laughs) that the Marvel comics that he grew up with are crap. Well, I mean, we have these battles, and I'll say that you've won a few battles, but I would say I've won a few more. No. But (laughs) it just really depends on how you look at the weight of the debate. Like, the movies, for example, like, you hold true to these the superiority of these DC movies and it's it's a lovely thought <laughs> it's a lovely thought but if you're looking in the mirror in the morning you're trying to be honest with each other you know what the truth <laughs> is uh, ridiculous so so and then it just the light you know so Jeremy's basically the bizarro to my Superman mm. you know the end of my yang the, uh, the, my complete opposite. Grew up like with Marvel. US agent to my Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Sounds stupid. Uh, so anyway, that's why Jeremy's here. Very special guest. Um, I want to ask just a couple quick questions um, of you. Uh, what was your first comic book, Jeremy? Do you remember? It is either Uncanny X-Men 223. It had Storm fighting a snake in the weird outdoorsy kind of way or it was an amazing spider-man where he like in the 288 290 range where he's just fighting on a um fighting dr octopus or in a empty skyscraper that's getting built one of those if i had to like lock it down it'd probably be uncanny x-men 223 Mm. 221 somewhere in there right before fall of the mutants I, but one of those. Okay. Well, I hope your answers in this d- debate are more committal than that. That was very wishy-washy. Well, uh, that was very wishy-washy. That was very wishy-washy and uh, unimpressive. Well, what is um, yours? Where uh, mine was Superman: The Man of Steel number twelve. Okay. Um, it was awesome. Hey, uh, so uh, where did you get it? Where did you get your first comic book? Do you do you remember uh, that? If it was the Spider-Man, it was a convenience store in Virginia when I was on vacation with my family. If it was the X-Men, it was at the 7-Eleven down the street from my house. And uh, did you buy it yourself, or did somebody give it to you? Uh, I begged my parents for the Spider-Man, and I think I had enough change to buy the X-Men. Okay, last question. Um, How did you get so good looking? Uh, I don't go out in the sun often, (laughs) so my youthful good looks are mainly vitamin D being uh, built up within my system, not being uh, uh, disposed outward. Of course. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Great. I think we're ready, Henry. All right. Warmed up. (laughs) And just a little bit more on on the rules. Uh, We will essentially replicate this 1996 DC versus Marvel miniseries 
11 battles, one on one, Marvel versus DC. And each round, we'll start off with just a little bit of open discussion about uh, the, the matchup and just a little bit about that. And then we'll get right into it. Two minutes of open debate between Jeremy and Aton. I'll put my hand up once two minutes are up. Whoever's speaking can kind of finish uh, their thought. We don't have to have a hard stop at two. And then I will follow with my judgment. So the judging will be, I'll give either a point to Marvel, a point to DC, or draw. Now, a draw is kind of bullshit, but you know, it's possible that the, the, the debate was evenly, evenly matched. And uh, just as an FYI, the, the debates are already drowning in controversy because there were supposed to be two judges, judges today. Uh, Rainier, unfortunately, has a cold, uh, so I'm going to be the solo judge here. And full disclosure, my fandom does lie slightly in the Marvel camp. Motherfucker. This <laughs> but, is bullshit. I, you know what? I tell you what. I'll take Rainier's vote. How about that? I will I, vote yeah, on behalf I think of Rainier. It's entirely appropriate that we have one other person here serving as a tiebreaker. Oh, God. <laughs> well, don't think of it like that because even though where, wherever my fandom lies, it, doesn't, it shouldn't matter because my vote will go towards the strength or weakness of the debater's arguments, not on any personal bias, okay? So so there will not be any if of that. If you had a personal bias, I'd be okay <laughs> and, and maybe that's why it's important that there's the draw category because if it's an even debate, I might say, oh, I'll just I'll go towards Marvel. No, that's bullshit. You can guys you guys can call me out on that if it if oh, it I really will. if it really is about even I, I I will choose draw. Oh, I freely admit there are going to be some arguments that are going to be clearly weaker than others, but I'm going <laughs> to give it my best shot. Great. Nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, and I would no, no weak arguments on the DC side. Let's, yeah. just, uh, let's just put that out there. Okay. 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 All right. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and, uh, and get started. Well, so should we uh, quickly set the stage for the, the story about what exactly is going on, how these um, characters come yeah. to battle each other? Yeah, yeah, Eitan, you want to uh, go into that? Sure. Well, so what we have here, we have these two, uh, these two brothers who are the, or they, they, make a, they actually make a um, concerted effort to say they might not be brothers. They might be sisters. They're drawn like men, but they might be sisters. They're just beings. <laughs> Individuals with a relationship. They're, yes, they have a relation to each other. They appear to be siblings um, and they are the embodiment of the DC and Marvel universes um, kind of in the vein of uh, one of these big celestial I don't know maybe there's not an equivalent that's this big and this powerful in the Marvel or DC universe I would go celestial is a good analogy yeah okay so anyway so these so these uh these siblings don't they don't communicate they they don't they haven't seen each other in a billion years whatever it is they for some reason they they come together and um they decide that only one of them can survive past this meeting so they are going to battle their champions against each other they start pulling characters um, from their day-to-day -day activities, and and uh, and they actually mash up their two worlds um, before uh, amalgam, which is something else, which is when the characters actually become like uh, two people make up one or whatever. But but the the worlds themselves, like Gotham City and New York, become uh, new Gotham City or whatever. So right. these characters are now there, um, and they're they're forced to battle each other. And so we we are brought into the story. Um, with uh, Spider-Man swinging 
uh, through the city. He's talking to himself. Um, man. I'll shift to any Spider-Man because we need uh, yeah, we please, should throw in there please. that we are going to stick with the 1996 iteration of these characters. Yes. So yes. when you're following along, you can't think about the fact that it's the 2017 Catwoman or the 2017 Spider-Man. It is specifically these characters at these times. So if you have Superboy, you have the shaved uh, side, which is actually a hip new haircut now. <laughs> Go figure. Or you have the Ben Riley clone uh, version okay. of Spider-Man. Okay, real quickly, because, sure. Sure. because I was not reading Marvel at this time. Okay. Who the fuck <laughs> is Ben Riley? Oh God! Give me give just the thirty second, like the, the thirty second. Who? There is a long history of clones in the Spider-Man universe. Uh-huh. And this was around the time where uh, comic companies were coming up with new and ingenious ways to upsell or uh, interest in the product, and so they reintroduced the clone from Amazing Spider-Man ah, around one fifty with the Jackal, who was the clone that was created at the time and then thought to be dead. Oh look, not dead. And they decide, oh, we're just going to erase the fact that Peter Parker was married, all this stuff, and start new. It didn't really work out the way they wanted. So they tried. They tried to like slip Ben Riley into the Spider-Man role, like your DM. And what happened? What happened to Peter Parker? Uh, He bailed with Mary Jane just to go live quietly in Seattle or or something. So when uh, this page. When you open up to this page of this book, and Spider-Man is like swinging through the city, and he's like, "Just going out for a quiet night," and uh, I go by Ben Riley now. It was like the most, it was like the worst dialogue I've ever read in my whole life. And I thought reading this, I was like, "Oh fuck, what are we doing?" To be fair, it took me a minute because I had to wipe the tears. <laughs> and then what, later in the book, and then we can we can get to the first uh, matchup. Well, actually, I do have one or two more things I want to point out, but. Uh, there's later in the book when Peter Parker or Ben Riley or whoever the fuck this guy is shows up at the Daily Planet because he's the new uh, photographer, and there's like this suit. There's this awkward thing where he like is introducing himself to Lois Lane and Clark Kent. He's like, "Hi, I'm Ben Riley, but my working name is Peter Parker." I'm like, well, what the fuck, man? Just, just then, just introduce yourself as Peter Parker. I mean, that was just so stu- so confusing. Like, what DC person is reading this for the first time? It's like, oh, I clearly understand what's going on with this Spider character. This is not confusing at all. Well, I mean, you have how many Robins by this point? Well, you know, in this story, you just have one. You have one, but you're going into it, and there is an idea in comic books that things change, and then they revert back. And you just happen to see a lot of things. You got a mullet on Superman. Uh, you yeah, got yeah, uh, Thor dressed that. like a fly girl from In Living Color. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's I important. I mean, there, there are some eyesores when it comes to, like, what place in history. Don't you fucking dare call Superman's long hair an eyesore. Look at that. Look at my notes. Look at my notes right there. It says page 12, page 12 right there, long hair Superman. Swoon. All you know, caps. it's kind of funny Look that that same image, I actually put it on a tab and put two fingers on either side of his head to envision what he would look like without that rat tail on the back. It's not a rat tail. That's fucking cool, man. If I had a choice, man, I've wanted a ponytail my whole life. I really have, and I, I would kill for that haircut. 
Look you want to be the comic book store owner with a ponytail? No, <laughs> not that. Not that. I'm more like in like the rock star vein. I wish I had some like cool rock star hair. Do you want a Padawan braid? <laughs> <come around laughs> no, <the front? laughs> dude. No. God, okay. you don't get it. I don't. Um, okay. Anyway, one more thing. I'm sorry. We, we, we are going to get to the matchups. I just wanted to point out there's this... Uh, so Bullseye ends up uh, being transported to the Batcave somehow. Uh, Daredevil villain Bullseye and Batman and Robin are there. So Bullseye grabs Robin. He's got a knife to Robin's head. And uh, he's like, you know, I'm going to kill the boy if you don't tell me what's going on. And, and Batman's like, no, don't do it. Um, and there's just this great, very simple but awesome Batman and Robin moment. Like them working together. Robin just fucking elbow to the throat of bullseye then comes the batarang boom right into bullseye's head it's like that you don't see that too much anymore like batman and robin just like you see their partnership in action i thought that was really cool yeah you know i remember reading this and coming to conclusion like well uh, after reading the whole thing that is probably the coolest moment that robin had in the entire book <laughs> oh please um, that's fucking ridiculous the rest of it was pretty ham-fisted when it came to him but no there were they really did try to nail down some of these iconic moments making sure captain marvel said shazam or he heard the snicked or the schlucked or whatever it was yeah 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 claws yeah uh, really trying to incorporate Mjolnir and doing all these things that uh, is kind of going to a wrestling show and having the wrestler perform their signature move. Mm-hmm. You come in, you get your money's worth, you see the cool things and the things that you talked about when you were uh, flipping through comic books on your bikes as kids and just kind of, wouldn't it be cool if this happened or that happened? And they really did try to incorporate that. And I give the book a lot of credit for really trying to hit that fanboy mark. Sure, sure. And then, okay, so one last thing um, that I want to show, I think, before we get into the match. I'm looking at my notes. But uh, one thing, this is this is probably, probably the single most important page of this whole book, this whole story, because it so clearly proves DC's superiority to Marvel right here in the Batcave with Batman and Bullseye. Bullseye throws the Batarang, right? Yeah, he throws the Batarang at Batman. Batman fucking ducks it. Does Bullseye ever miss, Jeremy? Bullseye does miss. Bullshit! Bullshit! He says it right there. It says it right there. He says, ducked it. Question mark. I can't believe it. But I never miss. Nobody is fast enough. In the Marvel Universe, nobody's fast enough. Nobody's fast enough. To duck. Not even Quicksilver. Fuck it, clearly. Wow. Well, we'll get to Quicksilver <laughs> oh, and his I speed know. later. Oh, please. And then, follow that up, Batman punches Bullseye in the face. And Bullseye, as he is falling to the ground, you hit even harder than Daredevil. Let me ask you this. When you made a note for this, yes. did you write down that you wanted to tag this as one of the evidences that DC was better than Marvel? Because it says there were it. so many other weak examples no, in the book that no. you just wanted to start out strong because the rest of your argument No, was so I deep. just thought this was, this was the writers of the book telegraphing what is to come. Clearly, DC is superior. So they're just like, hey, guys, heads up. If you're a Marvel fan, this is probably going to hurt a little bit. It's going to feel like getting punched by a real superhero for the first time, just like what happens to Bullseye here. <laughs> or, you know, like getting struck by light. <laughs> oh, God. We will get to the fucking electricity <laughs> usage in this story as oh, well, man. because that is fucking ridiculous. Leaning Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> very, very silly. It's amazing that they had just thrown Electro into this book. Marvel would have won every fight. Um, one last note I, I'd like to make, and then seriously, we can get to, to fighting, right. I swear. 
There, uh, a couple pages later, Darkseid and Thanos meet for the first time. And this is obviously a very exciting matchup, right? I don't know why this wasn't one of the 11 battles that they chose. Um, maybe because they were using, they were gonna use it for something else. But Darkseid calls Thanos a pale imitation of himself, which I believe we can all agree is the most true. factually true <laughs> statement factually in this whole book. <laughs> well, Dark Darkseid came first, created yeah. by Jack Kirby, yeah. and then you have Thanos, what, created by Jim Starlin? I think so, A few yeah. years later, yeah. trying to capitalize yeah. on the... So, I mean, is this like a Peter David, just I'm going to throw some shade right here? I like think we, so. We, like, I don't think this is a Ron Mars thing. I think this is more like a Peter David line. <laughs> These and, are the two writers of the books. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is when you were we were talking about that, I just saw an image or two of the other ancillary matchups, um, the Green Goblin or the Hobgoblin versus... Green, Green Lantern, Lantern. Uh-huh. Captain America versus Bane, Daredevil versus the Riddler, Absorbing Man versus Steel. These are some really cool matchups, Batman versus Venom, and you're only getting, like, one panel. And to me, like, I want to read those matchups. Yeah. I want to yeah. see what's going on right there. Yeah, you got to feel like if DC and Marvel had been willing to, or had been able to stay friends for a little longer, because this is actually a time when the two publishers were getting along pretty well, obviously. Uh, we could have seen some more of this stuff. It could have been a lot of fun. But then I guess, you know, you, you risk watering it down. This could be like the you know the hip hop cover. I mean, everything else was twelve issues at the time. Like true, they could have. I mean, this did technically end up. I can't imagine how many eighteen issues with all the all what amalgam, 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 amalgam. If they sold, if this came out today, dude, sell fucking ten zillion bajillion copies of it. Um, Okay, but shall we? Shall we get down to it? Should we we get to to round number one? Diatribe about the (laughs) nineties. Let's do it. All right, so uh, the order of the matchups I have not revealed to you two, so this should be a surprise. Um, but yeah, I, I do have a set order in no particular order, but it's not an order. Oh, we're not following the, the order that they appear in Correct. the story. Correct. I see. Oh, yeah, yeah. shit. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel well, like my, all my preparations have gone out the window. in Philadelphia. Wild card, did you? Oh, there you go. Yes. All right, so the first matchup, Flash versus Quicksilver. Oh, good, good. This is a great place to start. So let's start here. This is fantastic. Uh, And like we said, well, we can openly discuss uh, this matchup before we get into the debate. Sure, sure. I let's see. I don't know if I can find the pages quick enough, but I I think I remember this. This one sticks out. Yeah, this was they were racing, and there was the truck that was crashing. Right. And they were pretty evenly matched according to the story. the advantage I would give Quicksilver. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let's just. Well, let's just. I just want to discuss what happens in the oh, match. Okay. okay. So they're running side by side. Do you I mean, wanna, Flash. Do you pause and start over on this. No, that's fine. <laughs> Flash. Flash might be uh, walking. You know, because the speed difference between the two. But uh, you know, whatever. Um, so they are. They are shown side by side, regardless of, of if they're running or not. Um, Flash tells him he's the fastest. Whatever. There's this truck, maybe a logging truck or something. A guy with his son. Um, they're driving, and they maybe blow a tire or something. They start to flip. It, it's going to be a horrible accident. The Flash goes to save them because he's a fucking hero. And all of a sudden, Quicksilver comes and punches Flash in the face about 15 times. So obviously, the only opportunity Quicksilver has to land any punches is when Flash's hands are full. But we can get to that later. Sure. Um, not debating yet. <laughs> not debating yet. Um, and so, uh, you know, Quicksilver gets his punches in and then very quickly, 
because they're fast. It happens quickly. Uh, flash disables uh, Quicksilver. Incapacitate. Incapacitate. Yeah. Incapacitate. So, so please, Jeremy um, and and Henry, if you can if you can start the clock, I, I'd like to give Jeremy the the opportunity yeah, to begin. And real with real fast, uh, to be clear, this is not Barry Allen Flash. This is. The Wally West incarnation of the Flash. So sure, just, that's an important. Just to be clear, that is which important. makes yeah. my position in this all the more even work. weaker. Right. And because <laughs> I love Wally West, Wally West is one of my favorite characters of all time. Well, and it's generally agreed that he is the fast. He is the fastest man. Oh, by he's faster than Barry Allen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. okay. And oh, one other thing, we didn't mention what constitutes a win here. It's not a duel to the death. It is essentially a knockdown. Like we kind of mentioned in this matchup in the comics, a knockdown is a victory here. Right. These right. are these are our rules of Fight Club, which is basically it's yeah. you you have to a pin like a pin in wrestling. I think they even make that analogy in there. It's like a um, whoever gets the first best blow in, which is I got issues with that, but it's the best we can do. Those are the rules. Uh, those are the rules. It always okay. kind of reminded me of like the Final Fantasy side scrolling fight, where you like you fight, you magic, you dodge, you fight, <laughs> yeah, you magic, you dodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even those go on longer than some of these. Yeah. yeah. All right, um, let's get started. Are you guys ready to debate? Ready. Okay. And three, two, one, go. All right. So we have Quicksilver, who is the son of Magneto. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the fastest speedster in the Marvel universe. But it is safe to say that he's not the fastest speedster in all of comics. He is, however, a cunning and almost deceitful uh, individual in which he will not stop at anything to accomplish what he wants. He's got X Factor, Inhuman Ties, all these other stories, which basically shows that he can be a giant douche and douche back. <laughs> and what this story fails to do is follow through on that. For some reason, this is the one time the morality comes but this way. Is, no, 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 no. Because no, he no, took advantage no. of a situation, yeah. and he did take advantage of when the Flash saved those other people. And then he had that moment of conscience and guilt where he should have had this match one in hand, but I believe the story went against his character traits in which he suddenly had a bout of morality instead of doing what he always does, which was look out for himself. Well, that, that, that bout of morality came after he got these 15 sucker punches in, realized it was useless. Superman, or, or Superman, Flash is holding these, these poor, desperate people in his hands, taking those punches, and then like nothing. Oh no, he Flash just is down. Takes him Flash is down. Obviously he is not down. No, he's down. He gets up and wins. But as a speedster, you can get up and recover from these quickly. So he did not strike the knockout blow, but he could have. You agree with me that Quicksilver is not as fast as the Flash. There's no debate. No fucking debate. There's no debate. This fight was over before it started. Literally, Quicksilver did not see what happened? That I mean, is not it, a that is not a hill I wanted. That <laughs> there is no way Quicksilver could ever keep up with the Flash. The Flash save in in my mind. If I'm writing this story, the Flash saves those people and takes Quicksilver out before Quicksilver ever even gets the concept of land, landing a punch. He is that much faster. He and that's time. All right. Okay. So judgment time. First off, Jeremy. I really like the angle you went with with the the whole deceitfulness. To me, that that would be the only way Quicksilver would win this match to fight dirty, essentially. Um, and I think everyone in the room agrees that Flash is the faster superhero. And Aton, you made great points there. If you were to stay silent there, um, that would be one thing. But you were 
we're, we're good to point that out. Fa flash is faster. And because of that, I'm going to give this one to DC. Goddamn right. <laughs> Flash Victor Royce. I walked into this debate feeling like that was one I was just going to have to do. <laughs> this is the fact that he, you know, he used that, if that's his greatest trait, you know, he tried to be, you know, cunning and, and, and you know, sucker punch, and it didn't work. So his no, best no, trait didn't work. So, it, 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 all right. so obvi it, obvious victory. He had him on the <laughs> yeah. One hey. of many obvious victories to come. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll have time at the end to recap everything, but let's, let's keep it going. Mm -hmm, all right, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. round two, Wolverine versus Lobo. Let's talk about this one a little bit. It's a it's a bar room brawl in the comics, right? Right, right. So they uh, they they are in a bar just to set the scene. They're in a bar, um, and uh, as you would expect, they just see each other and they get after it. And most of what um, the fight actually happens behind a bar. They're kind of going for like that classic cartoon feel of like you know a smoke cloud with like exclamation points and hands and feet and you know whatever popping out. They don't they don't actually show you. Um, the physical nature of this battle. Um, so that that's that's where we're at. All right. Are you ready to begin? Sure. Like first this time. Um, that's a good idea. Since Jeremy you went first in round one, why don't we alternate? So uh, Eitan, you can start off in three, two, one. So Lobo uh, has. Uh, all of the powers that Wolverine has. Um, he has healing. Um, he actually has one more than Wolverine in that he has super strength. Um, he does have Superman level strength. Um, and I would argue he, you know, people think of, of the savage Wolverine. Wolverine's savagery has fucking nothing on Lobo. Remember, Lobo as a baby killed his entire, the entire population on his planet. Killed every single man, woman, and child on the planet before heading uh, out into space to become the baddest bastard in the galaxy. So, has all the same powers minus the claws, whatever. Um, plus super strength. He, he could heal from anything Wolverine could do. I don't see what Wolverine did to Lobo to incapacitate him that he couldn't come back from and immediately, boom, take him down. The floor is yours, sir. Wolverine is the best there is at what he does and what he does is not very pretty <laughs> wolverine at the time had been uh taken his adamantium out by magneto so he was actually fighting with bone claw so he was almost at the level of saber tooth whose sharpness of his blades that is can be considered a disadvantage but it could also be considered an advantage because it forced wolverine to go absolutely feral and it was such a violent interaction using his claws his teeth gnashing behind the scenes that it was so unpleasant that he absolutely destroyed lobo he used his own hook against him uh he had to get a drink and a cigar afterwards it was so violent you could see that wolverine's gone up against gladiator he's gone up against the hulk if you want to say that he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the hulk and survive and walk away there's absolutely no doubt in well, my mind well no, you know that's a good point because um you know wolverine can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the hulk who uh you know obviously loses later in this story well lobo goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with the man who Hulk loses to, which is Superman. Lobo walks away from fights with Superman every goddamn day. All right. All right, that's time. Okay. So, yeah, this, the, the, even before the debate, this was a tough one for me because they're essentially the equivalent of each other in their respective universes, right? And, Eitan, you were smart to point that out. Lobo does have all the powers of Wolverine. And more. 
<laughs> we're not debating beyond that, <laughs> sorry, uh, beyond sorry, the two I, minutes, I, I please. Be, yes. Okay. Decorum, uh, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. Uh, but uh, Jeremy, you did point out the clause. In in my mind, that's the big difference. You know, like uh, they they all they both have the healing factor. They both have these uh, these uh, tracking skills. You know, but. To me, Wolverine is all about the claws, and you're smart to point that out. You're also smart to point out the fact that um, you didn't use exact, this exact term, but Wolverine's berserker mode. You kind of alluded to it. Yeah, I meant to yeah. go berserker mode, but I just felt like feral. Like in yeah, my mind, that, I was just thinking about, like, he will lose his mind. And, th and that's why I'm giving this one to Wolverine. Wow. Because wow. It, it, in the history of, of wow. Marvel, uh, once Wolverine goes berserker, there's no stopping. I just I need to offer a rebuttal uh, real quickly for our listeners because I feel like they're being given a disservice here. <laughs> we are being told right now. <laughs> we are being told that that claws as a, as an extra power is more beneficial than super strength. And you admitted that these claws do not have adamantium, which means they're fucking breakable. Those claws are breakable, but regeneratable. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Let's move. On. The claws okay. plus the berserker okay. mode. It's what I'm giving it to. Okay. 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 Let's go. Let's go. Okay. On to round three. Round three. We got Superman versus the Hulk. Jeremy, would you like to be? Oh wait, hold on. Uh, let's uh, give a little backstory on this matchup. Sure. Uh, I believe this one, um, Superman and, and Hulk. Uh, this is this is smart Hulk, by the way, right? This is yes. not this is not Savage Hulk. Um, this is Bruce Banner in full control over the the Hulk um, uh, uh, personality, which is stupid. But whatever. You guys can. You guys. <laughs> it was can. a merging of a multiple personality disorder storyline that had been built up over years. So if you want to give it the credit it deserves, it's a really well thought out years long epic by Peter David. But by all means, <laughs> wipe it away as a two two sentence like dismissal. Yeah. No. No interest in that whatsoever. Thanks. Um, so they uh, they very respons responsibly and because Hulk is is um, you know capable of doing this kind of thing um, they take it to the Grand Canyon uh, so there's no people around so they're just uh, basically smashing around uh, the Grand Canyon um, uh, I think that's uh, I think that sets the stage I think cool. that's good all right let's get it started three two one the advantage that the Hulk has in this in this battle is that he is the culmination of all the best qualities of Bruce Banner and or the Hulk. He's got the Gray Hulk's cunning. He's got the Green Hulk's strength for the most part. Uh, he has Bruce Banner's intellect, and he has the sarcasm of the Gray Hulk. <laughs> Something like that. Um, Laughable. He basically comes out, and he holds his own. He is stronger than Superman, no. but he cannot fly. Uh, he has... That's not the only thing that Superman than, does he that he can't do. He is smarter than Superman. Could be. Uh, he is a one of the five foremost geniuses in the Marvel Universe. Doesn't matter. Go on. I don't believe that Kal-El is of the same caliber uh, of Many, many times in comics they have, they have uh, pointed out Superman's super intellect. Fair. The Hulk should have won this match by the fact that he was destroyed with a mountain, whereas in a tie-in issue of Secret Wars, a mountain was thrown on top of all the heroes, and the Hulk carried it on his back and kept them all alive in a Secret Wars tie-in issue of Thor. I immediately dismissed this way of beating him, and I do believe that by sheer brute force and given enough time, even into the Dark Knights, 
the Hulk would have been strong enough and capable enough and would have had enough endurance to outlast Sure, we can absolutely dismiss the way Superman uh, beats Hulk in this book. So by my count, this this fight goes for three pages and 16 panels. Um, In my mind, that's about two and a half pages and 14 panels too long. Okay. Uh, Superman not only has the super strength of the Hulk and more, Definitely more. Um, the the ability to fly, the heat vision, the uh, but this is not the planet freeze breath. Superman. This is not planet Jug. What the fuck are you talking about? This is full <laughs> bore strength Superman. This is not pre crisis uh, Superman. Whatever. Uh, he's Superman. Superman. Any Superman. No way. I better, yeah. Okay. Any Superman can uh, out muscle the Hulk. So in my mind, this is a classic, classic Superman fight where he just. Picks up the Hulk, grabs him by that little stupid tuft of hair, flings him into space, never to fucking be heard from again. He's just done. He's so outmatched, it's not funny. (laughs) Okay, time. Great. Okay. Uh, you get penalized for going over. You took they... all my time. <laughs> oh, yeah, this I will is recognize important. that. Yeah, uh, that's why I let Aton kind of finish up his thought. Um, but okay, so. Jeremy, I really liked uh, your mentioning of the smarts of Bruce Banner because, yes, in this version of the Hulk, he does have the smarts of Bruce Banner, and that's important to note. It's not the the mindless rage monster that uh, this most an average fan might be more familiar with. Um, Aton, I love the fact you called out the ability, uh, Superman's ability to fly. I think that's that's a big, that's a huge advantage. Uh, where Superman, uh, what Superman would have here. Um, interestingly, in the comics, this comic, Superman does not fly. He decides to stay grounded. Not necessary. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, arguable. But in my mind, the only way the Hulk would win here is if Superman fought fairly, which he would be one to do, and he did here. Um, so, Jeremy, I would have liked if you had mentioned that. Also, it would have been good to mention Hulk's uh, potential strength because if he gets mad enough, I feel like he could be stronger than Superman. Since those points weren't brought up, I'm going to give this one to DC. Superman, Thank victorious. Thank the Lord. If, if, if this had been decided in any other way, I would have flipped this table over <laughs> and run out of here and never come back. So I'm glad that's not the case because I'm enjoying myself, but... I just want everybody to know how okay. vital that Superman win was. <laughs> okay, as it stands, it's two to one in favor of DC. Round four. Round four, we have the Mighty Thor versus Captain Marvel. So let's talk about this matchup. Yeah, so this is actually, it's the first fight in the book, and I think it's interesting um, that they start with them because I think it's probably the most evenly matched. Um, I, I, uh, <laughs> um, Captain Marvel is very, very powerful. Obviously, Thor is very powerful. I, this, to me, like, this could have been a fight that, that uh, went through, like, the entire book. Like, it could have always been in the background and, and then decided at the very end. Um, so anyway, they're they're at an amusement park. Um, they're they're really just kind of smashing each other. Um, uh, it's important to to point out uh, Thor's outfit in this um, because he appears to be wearing uh, a brassiere, a midriff. <laughs> I mean, a midriff. I mean, it's it's a little skimpier than just a, a, a midriff. I mean, he's barely has his nipples covered. It's questionable to wonder who had the sensibility to think that this is how an Asgardian. Uh, God-like being would choose to dress. <laughs> Who would dress that way? I mean, an Asgardian. <laughs> but, I, but I'm like, they seem to be like um, a more uh, advanced 
culture. <laughs> sure. And that is not an advanced outfit. And that is not. That, I mean, just if you don't want to wear a shirt, bro, don't wear a shirt. It's fine. It's cool. You can wear gloves and so your little headpiece. Look at the straps around the glove. Well, this is that keeps the glove in place. <laughs> this is a time where people wear belts around their thighs. Okay. Like there's a there's a lot of of odd fashion. I'm choices. actually wondering where a fanny pack is. <laughs> uh, so in All the right. fight, um, you know, they they're fighting in the in the uh, amusement park, and the way that 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 Thor. Um, uh, incapacitates uh, Captain Marvel here as he knocks a Ferris wheel on top of him. Uh, and to get out, uh, Captain Marvel says his magic word, Shazam, turns into Billy Batson, uh, which is just a defenseless little boy. Um, so from there, I think we're ready. Yeah. All right. Let's get ready to debate. Here we go. Three, two, one. Eton. Okay. Uh, Captain Marvel is more powerful than Thor. He has more powers, um, he has uh, speed, he has wisdom, uh, in addition to the strength uh, that Thor possesses. Um, he uh, has, again, Superman-level uh, abilities. Um, this idea that a piece of a Ferris wheel would trap Shazam and he would be forced to use his magic word uh, and turn into Billy Batson to get out is fucking preposterous. Um, the, the, the fact that Thor could even, you know, put Captain Marvel into that kind of position is a disservice to the uh, level of power Captain Marvel has. If anything, you know, maybe uh, Billy would have used his ability to turn into a, a young man to, like, blend in with the crowd. But this, I just find this whole thing ridiculous. Captain Marvel is more powerful, should win uh, a fist-to-fist fight. Billy Batson of Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is a culmination of being given by the wizard Shazam against a god of thunder and lightning who has an enchanted Uru hammer that is one of the most powerful weapons in the universe, let alone the Marvel universe. There's really no question that a god of lightning should have complete mastery and control against a being whose powers are activated by lightning, who has used lightning as a weapon, and ergo could have lightning used as a weapon against him. As which is done in this battle. The lightning is like a, it's like a, it's like a light show that accompanies his power. The, the lightning actually has nothing to do with like with his actual abilities. It's just like it's just for show. It's that just very may pretty. very well be the case. But one of the most slam dunk arguments that I could have is that Thor would have cleaned Captain Marvel's clock with the hammer. With the hammer and the fact that he is the god of thunder and lightning, <laughs> and he is a combination of six gods. Six, six beats one. Six bigger than six is bigger than one. Inferior gods. We're wrapping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. Awesome, guys. Okay, judgment time. So, Aton, uh, great argument. I love the fact you brought up the wisdom and speed angle because uh, I'd had to do a little research, but the S and the M in Shazam stand for the wisdom of Solomon and uh, speed of Hermes. the speed of Mercury. of Mercury. Mercury. I love the fact you call that out because those two things are maybe what elevate Captain Marvel from Thor. Thor does not have super speed or super wisdom. And okay, on to Jeremy. The, the key argument, and I'm glad you pointed out, is the hammer. That's, that's kind of Thor's uh, X factor here. He's that's the one thing that that elevates him from Captain Marvel. Due to these two really great points, I'm calling this one a draw. Oh, a tie. Interesting. A tie. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> well, I'll take that. I'll just uh, I'll just uh, one thing to note 
is God of Thunder and Lightning can't put down a six, I liked being. my six to one God argument though. Yeah. Inferior God versus doesn't matter. One All right, let's, six let's, halves is more than one whole. Fair. Moving on. All right, <laughs> let's move on. On to round five. Yeah. That's huge for me. That was huge. Okay, round yeah. five. Deflated me. Deflated yeah, DC. Me. Yeah, DC. Round five. Okay. okay, Robin Robin versus Jubilee. Here we go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let me find my notes here. I want I had a I had a I had something Yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about um, this matchup a little oh, wait, bit. Oh, no, that's a that's a different one, but I am going to have Jeremy read from my notes here. Um but, oh, but yeah, so uh, <laughs> um so uh, we've got Robin transported to uh, the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters uh, in uh, New York. He shows up in uh, Jubilee's bedroom, um, and uh, of course Jubilee is uh, enamored by this young, handsome visitor. Um, and they end up what in the? Uh, are they fighting in the danger room or something? Um, no, we, they get sent out to a like. They're in like a warehouse. Re- really, it doesn't matter because this fight, this fight uh, is over without a single punch being thrown. Uh, as Jubilee states herself, um, she is uh, almost immediately incapacitated by uh, Robin, tied up, and uh, and and that's it. So, All right. uh, that's that's where we're at. Okay, shall we begin? Three, two, one, Jeremy. Jubilee is a mutant, and Robin has no power. <laughs> Jubilee has plasma-based powers that cause explosions and bright lights that can blind an individual. The Robin does operate in both darkness and as the decoy to Batman as he is fighting, and as such is someone more prone to being a target. Jubilee has been trained by Wolverine and the other X-Men in the Danger Room and is one of the most formidable female characters as a teenager in the Marvel universe. Uh, great. That's it's cute um, that she was trained by the X Men. Um, it's it's charming, really, and it's almost convincing that that would be helpful in this fight. Uh, but Robin, of course, uh, was trained by Batman. Fucking. Batman, people. Uh, the foremost expert in all types of hand-to-hand combat, the greatest detective, the greatest uh, tactician. Plus, this is Tim Drake, you know, focusing on that this is the 1996 story. This is Tim Drake. Tim Drake, as we all know, hopefully, and if you don't know, I'm glad to be sharing this with you because it's important. He himself discovered who Batman was. He discovered that Batman was Bruce Wayne through his sheer brilliance. So the fact that that and this it's, fight it's, it's went on... It's interesting that you mentioned that because Tim Drake, you are right, is one of the more intelligent Robins that has come across. However, he is not one of the more battle-hardened Robins as opposed to Jubilee, who is a battle-hardened warrior who has fought in space <laughs> against the Shi'ar, against the Brood, against the Kree, against... All of these beings that are way more powerful than her, and she has still survived. And please, still please show managed. me what she contributed to any of those fights. Like, here is a beautiful light show for the background of our battle. She was in a paramilitary state in Genosha in this, the uh, Extinction Agenda. This fight was over faster than the Flash and Quicksilver, which says something. And again, to point to the source material, to the book, Jubilee, not a single punch landed. Okay, thank you. All right, on to judgment. Okay, first off, uh, yeah, Jeremy, I, I really like just the, the, the obvious advantage Jubilee has here is she has superpowers. Robin does not. That's important for sure. Um, and Aton, you had a great point. The training. The training, uh, Robin had training with Batman. You know, Jubilee 
I love, Jeremy, I love the fact you pointed out the danger room training because I'm not super familiar with Jubilee, but um, just to know that she had training through Wolverine in the danger room, that's key. Uh, but at the same time, training in the danger room is one thing, but real life, uh, you know, fighting crime on the streets with the ultimate crime fighter, Batman, that's a whole nother level, right? So in terms of a combat scenario, you know, Jubilee maybe works well as a team. You know, she's got Wolverine, Colossus by her side, etc. But on a one-on-one combat situation, I think Robin has the upper hand here. Yes. Win for DC. Yes. Man, you know what? I I did get a little nervous when you brought up the fighting the Shi'ar, fighting all these other things. Like, that was that was a solid argument. Yeah. That was good. She, um, the she fact had that, some big fights in her. In her sure, yeah, career. but that's assuming that up she contributed point, anything to those well, fights. Up to this point, if you're looking at these characters and what their pedigree of battles that they were fighting up to 1996, Jubilee is far superior to the level of caliber of fighting. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I also think, I also think it's funny to point out, like, like this, this, if that matchup had gone like one page longer, it, it was going, creepy. it was going in a very yeah. interesting direction. We got Jubilee tied disturbing. up, I their faces are little, very close. Like it was about to become an ep- ep- issue of like housewives at play. I felt a little dirty reading it because oh, like, I'm a 36 year old man and they're talking about t- keeping each other tied up in a darkened like warehouse. This is yeah. weird. Yes. Like just really Hot. think about the concept of this. Hot. No, no. Yeah. All right, let's move on. On to round six. Round six, we have the Silver Surfer versus Green Lantern. Now, uh, keep in mind, this is the Kyle Rayner version of yeah. Green Lantern. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about the matchup. Um, so they uh, pretty much, we just run into these two characters in space. Um, uh, Green Lantern is out patrolling his sector. Um, Silver Surfer is out surfing, uh, just cruising the galaxy. <laughs> doing whatever exactly does the silver server does <laughs> um and so they uh they know exactly what's at stake they know what's going on and they know it's time to throw down that's All where right. we are let's do it debate in three two one uh, Green Lantern ring, uh, I can point to, I can say, I know what that does. A Green Lantern ring has the ability to uh, create physical constructs of anything that its wearer um, can think of. And now we're dealing with Kyle Rayner. That's a great, that's a great thing to uh, to point out. He's the artist. He's the creative. He can he can come up with amazing, powerful things. The power cosmic. I couldn't even fucking guess what that is. What is the power cosmic? It, it sounds to me, it appears to me, like the greatest cop-out in comic book history. So we end up here with a, a jousting match where uh, Green Lantern has made a, a beautiful thing that he's riding and he's got a long joust and all this, and Silver Server has nothing. They run into each other and all of a sudden Silver Server wins because of the power cosmic? Bull fucking shit. What is the power cosmic? The Power Cosmic is a pure essence of energy based out of outer space from such beings as Galactus, who did imbue Norn Rad, the Silver Surfer, with the Power Cosmic. The Power Cosmic is energy that comes easily and free-flowing to any individual who wields it, such as Fire Lord, Terax the Terrible, and Silver Surfer. The Green Lantern Kyle Rayner is operating a ring based off of willpower with a limit on time and energy of 24 hours with needing to be recharged. There is one... Uh, 
there's one person battling in this fight that has an unlimited storage of energy and time and power that far superior outweighs the individual that is tempering the willpower of one color of the spectrum of lanterns, the green. Well, there's no time limit on this. I mean, they, you know, we can assume that Green Lantern had a fully charged ring when this this goes up. So the 24 hour. And we can assume that Silver Surfer had a fully charged storage of the power cosmic. Of the power cosmic, <laughs> this 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 undefinable thing that we don't know what exactly it you did can't to Green Lantern. The green power, I yes, it can. It makes <laughs> shit. Yeah, he made he made a fight. Told you what he made. Okay, okay. that's time. Okay, good arguments here. Uh, when when I came across this matchup. This was a big one because these are very powerful superheroes. Um, and I think both, there's an argu argument to made on both sides. Uh, Eitan, I love the fact you brought it, you focused your argument on the ring, it's all about the ring. Uh, he can pretty much make anything out of that ring. Um, one thing I would have liked to hear though is uh, the, its limitation is only, uh, Jeremy, you actually kind of brought this up, is only limited by his own willpower, right? So the potential for that power is, is, is sort of unlimited. It's up to the user of the ring, right? And with Silver Surfer, this sort of unlimited sort of uh, godlike prowess is sort of, it's always there. And Jeremy, I like the fact you pointed out the, there's sort of a time limit with with Green Lantern's ring, right? Um, not to say that uh, the fight would have gone on forever, but if it did, clear, uh, clearly the Silver Surfer would, would, would take it, right? And for that reason, I give this one to Marvel, Silver wow. Surfer. Wow, wow. So rule, rules don't matter. Things don't, physic, physical rules of the galaxy don't matter. You just say you're powerful, so you win. Okay, all right, that's cool. That's fine. All right, let's move on. Round seven. Storm versus Wonder Woman. Let's talk about this fight. Storm, uh, when we meet Storm and Wonder Woman here, Wonder Woman actually is holding uh, Thor's hammer, which we decided earlier was so fucking powerful. Mjolnir. Uh, Mjolnir, that nobody can pick it up except for Thor. Oh, and clearly Wonder Woman. Oh, and Superman later. And I think uh, I think Batman nudges it at some point. Um, so, you know, a whole bunch of Marvel characters, or DC characters can pick it up. But anyway, uh, so Wonder Woman, uh, is made to battle Storm, uh, and she has the hammer. She decides she's going to put the hammer down. She wants a fair fight. Um, she she's not going to take this advantage. Uh, we should point out that when one woman holds a hammer, it it transforms her outfit into a belly shirt. <laughs> broad thing like if you hold the hammer, uh, you're taking your shirt off. You get a helmet. Too. You're wearing a bra, and you get a helmet that doesn't cover your hair. Um, awesome. It's uh, there. There's it's it really gonna affect your outfit. Your temples and your cheekbones. Uh, yeah, it's it's I'm it's sure functional. very effective, <laughs> very effective in case like a spitball uh, comes or something. You don't want it to get in your ear. Um, so yeah, so Storm and uh, Wonder Woman. All right, are we ready? Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe I Jeremy's uh, going first this time. Okay. All right, yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. So we're going to go back to a similar thread of the Jubilee argument in that Storm is the leader of the X-Men. She has powers that include mastery of all wind as she is a mutant weather, lightning, rain, thunder, what have you. And in this battle, there would be an immediate assumption that Wonder Woman is far superior in both strength, agility, uh, endurance, and a number of these things. But Storm is a master warrior. She has fought people hand-to-hand -hand combat. She has fought people 
with uh, Power Gun Without. She went hand-to-hand against Kalisto in the sewers. She knows how to fight dirty. And so she goes past all these other things, and she uses her lightning in a way that Wonder Woman can't even defend with her powered bracelets to block it and electrocute her in a way that bullets and or knives and other Okay, 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 that's enough. This (laughs) matchup is fucking offensive. You're... (laughs) You're... Uh, defense of Storm is offensive. Um, you should be ashamed. And uh, the fact that Storm wins in this book, I mean, means that the whole thing should be thrown out. It, well, it is fucking ridiculous. We all know now, the you talk is. about Wonder Woman, you talk about Storm as a warrior. Excuse me? Excuse me? <laughs> like, she is a greater warrior than Wonder Woman, trained by the Amazons, trained by the gods? As a warrior who defeated all the other Amazons to come to man's world to teach us the way, she is so much more powerful. The fact that a lightning bolt could take out Wonder Woman is so fucking preposterous, it makes me want to fucking scream. It is it is absurd. This was a clear a clear <laughs> definition. A clear example of how the fan vote won. The X-Men was very popular. Um, yeah, all these fights were voted by fans. The X-Men were much more popular. This is when John Byrne was doing Wonder Woman. It was less popular. Um, it is just fucking ridiculous, and I won't stand for it. I there will not stand for it. There's one last thing I want to throw out there. What? Storm is a better character. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> fuck you. No. Take that off. Delete that. I will not have that heard by anybody listening to this podcast. All right. Okay, great job, guys. Okay, uh, this matchup uh, is an interesting one. It's it's unlike you know with Captain Marvel, Thor, Lobo, Wolverine. Very different, completely different set of powers. And I think you know Jeremy even mentioned uh, in a, in a hand hand fight. I mean, come on, this is a joke. You know, uh, Wonder Woman would clearly it's clearly it the, is the physical <laughs> uh, uh, physically would would win. Uh, obviously, um, Storm does have. Some great powers beyond the physical. You know, the, the, you mentioned weather, lightning bolts, rain, this sort of thing. Um, but man, Aton, not, not only your argument was strong, but the, the passion there, I think, is, <laughs> is, 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 is awesome. I'm still angry. I'm really upset. <laughs> yeah, the, the fact you mentioned Wonder Woman's a legendary warrior, she's known for, for battles. She's the warrior. Yeah. One thing I would have liked to hear from Jeremy um, in my research, Storm is what is known as an Omega level mutant, which is which is pretty fucking big, man. <laughs> and if he had mentioned that, maybe uh, a different decision. But I, I would actually is. debate that she could Omega level. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah. She's not. Okay. Well, uh, we'll give, we're, we're giving this right. one to DC. I never thank, even never even crossed my mind because I never even considered her an Omega. It didn't ever cross your mind that you would have won that, right? Like, oh. You don't actually. You don't believe any of the words you said. I do believe that she was able to get past the defenses of the magic bracelets and electrocute oh, one of <laughs> But okay, that was only okay. after. After Wonder Woman took the high road and made it a more fair fight. Uh, electric. <laughs> All right, like, hey, let's, let's, okay, let's move okay, on. Okay, please. Okay, please. round eight. Here's a big one. Batman versus Captain America. Oh, yeah. Here we go. All right, so uh, let's talk about the matchup in the comics. Uh, so we see Batman and Captain America. They're in a sewer. Um, we find out that they've been battling for hours. Um, they, uh, you know, they are supposedly very uh, evenly matched <laughs> um, and uh, they're they're really putting each other to the test and, and this is uh, we, we just see them at the end of the battle we only get a few pages obviously um, it would have been nice to see more um, 
and uh, according to the book, Batman uh, is victorious. So uh, that that is the story there. All right, let's debate. Here we go. Three, two, one. Aton. Okay. Now, I know uh, Captain America is beloved, but uh, to put him uh, toe-to-toe with Batman, um, I think is ridiculous. I, I don't think Captain America stands a chance. Um, I realize he has enhanced uh, strength and speed. Um, his training, though, it you know, Batman trained his entire life to be Batman and to be the, the, the warrior and detective and superhero uh, that he is. Captain America had, what, like one or two years of basic training? Uh, then, you know, he fought some Nazis. Thank you, Captain America. And then he was frozen. And then he comes back. I mean, his his training, his um, his ability, I, I'm just, I'm not seeing it at all. I don't think Captain America stands a chance. I think this fight is is over so quickly. In fact, he's defeated in this book by water. Uh, a rush of water <laughs> comes through the sewer and uh, knocks him down and, and defeats Captain America, which, uh, you know, obviously Batman was prepared for. Um, Batman has fought people like Captain America before. Um, no problem. He's fought Superman and won. I mean, this is, it. it's Batman wins. Batman wins. Batman wins. There's an interesting thing that you want to look at with Captain America in which he isn't an enhanced being. He is to the maximum potential of a human being as evidenced by the superculture serum. It maximizes his potential as a human being. Batman has also nearly maximized it, but there are aspects of it that he can't hope to possibly match from Captain America. Now, there's an interesting example that I wanted to point out in here in which Bane and Captain America go head-to-head. If you remember, prior to this book, Bane actually broke Batman's back, and they show a similar scene in here where he's about to break Captain America's back, but Captain America actually gets the upper hand and defeats well, Bane. Well, Jeremy, that's bullshit. So let's let's <laughs> touch on that. Because exactly. when, when Bane Finish broke that. Batman, uh, Batman had been fighting every single villain in Gotham City. He had put them, they had all been released from Arkham. He put them all back into their cells and then fought Bane. And that's when Bane was able to do what he did. So the fact that on Cap... On any given day, Bane, my friend, so, on any given day. And one last thing, Batman was prepared for Captain America before he ever knew Captain America existed. Captain America could prayer for Batman before Bat- he had Bullshit. Bullshit. No. No. Okay. Great. Thanks, guys. All right. A few things I want to point out here. Um, I would have, from both sides, I would have loved to hear about their uh, their accessories. So... Um, to be fair, we only had two minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, we could have more time for that because I'm like, I'm... Well, anyway. Okay. Okay. It could have been a 20-minute. Yeah, I know. I know. But, but, but I just want to point out... Aton, you didn't mention Batman's utility belt, which is huge. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy, you didn't mention Captain America's shield. Ooh, Actually, right? that's how he beat Bane. Ouch. It is. Okay. But I didn't get a chance. You didn't, yeah, you didn't mention no, the shield. That's unfortunate. Okay, but, okay. Somebody okay, started so, yelling at me. <laughs> so, the, okay, the, the, argument, the argument then essentially becomes a hand-to-hand battle, right? Cap versus Batman. Um, uh, Aton, you made a great point. Batman trained his entire life to fight crime, to battle any opponent who comes his way. Jeremy, great argument as well. Captain America is maximum human potential. He is, that's a superpower. He, ha- he has a superpower, whereas Batman does not. So, in a fight, again, we didn't argue the accessories, so we're throwing those out hand to hand. 
toe-to-toe. Who would win? In the case where there were, uh, there was, we talked about fighting dirty earlier, right, with Quicksilver. That would be like the one way Quicksilver maybe beats the Flash. Aton, I would have loved to hear maybe Batman could have pulled some some dirty shit. Like, I think Cap would not, like, kick Batman in the nuts or something, right? <laughs> Better not. Yeah. So it, if that... If that argument had been made, maybe Batman wins, but because Captain America does have the super soldier serum, Jeremy, like you said, Batman, however much he trains, he can never be as have the pr- physical prowess of this. Captain America. I can't believe this. Victory Marvel Captain oh, America. Oh, God. This is such <laughs> bullshit. If I, don't such win, bullshit. if I don't win today, this debate... I, I'll be happy to win. <laughs> That's such <laughs> fucking garbage. Okay. And uh, I will accept your decision, uh, Henry Liu. Uh, but I knew you would do that. You are the biggest Captain America honk in this room. You you dress up as Captain America. You've recorded an entire <laughs> podcast about your love for Captain That's America. So there. this should surprise no one. Put your fucking Captain America let's, let's wallet away. This let's is bullshit. Let it go. Bullshit. You invited me. As (laughs) as it stands, DC is still in the lead. Four to three. And we have three more rounds. Okay? Can you hold the lead, bro? (laughs) Or is he going to make a comeback? Here we go. Round nine. Round nine. Aquaman versus the oh. Submariner, Prince Namor. Yes. Let's talk about this. Uh, so they're underwater. Um, they're, uh, uh, Aquaman is swimming around with a killer whale. Um, they're at Sea World. They're hanging out. They're, they're at Sea <laughs> They're not at Sea World. They're, they're an orca in like an observatory or something with flags. They're straight at Sea Oh, really? World. I thought oh, they yeah. were just in the middle of the ocean. Anyway, oh. so they, they come one on one. Namor is, you know, his usual self. He's a, he's a prick. He's, he's being rude. Aquaman is like oddly quippy. Uh, in this. Um, oh, Peter David all the way. Yeah, but, you know, this is the cool, in my mind, I love this 90s Aquaman. Long hair, beard, hook hand, another topless character. Um, and uh, and so they, uh, you know, they, they fight. Um, uh, so uh, we're, we're ready. All right. Yeah, here we go. Debate in three, two, one. Go. The first mutant of the Marvel Universe is Namor the Submariner. Mr. McKenzie, if you will. He is actually has the ability of flight. He has the super dense skin that Aquaman also has. He does not have the ability to talk to fish, which proves to be the culminating factor in this matchup, but I posit that it does not matter. Namor does not spend his time talking that much. He is fighting. He is trying to find battles and ways in which to overpower and defeat Aquaman instead of using the cheap parlor tricks of his book <laughs> and or trying to distract him in order to catch an upper hand. Okay. In a actual fight, Namor cleans Aquaman's clock because Aquaman is just to do the talk to fish. Yeah, it's interesting that you point out uh, uh, Namor's ability to fly, which I'm sure is very useful when fighting underwater. Um, and those wings on his ankles are very cute. And uh, I do appreciate that he, he only is wearing tidy, uh, tidy greenies, as it were. Um, Aquaman, again, warrior. Okay, the king of the sea, not just the king of, of, of uh, Atlanteans or whatever, king of the ocean, king of 75% of our planet, and the ability to talk to fish, which you might want to fucking poke fun at. 
clearly is incredibly useful. He could, in this book, he does drop a whale on Namor and defeat him. He could, he could have defeated him in a bazillion different ways with a bazillion different fish. He could have fucking had thirty-nine thousand goldfish swim down Namor's throat and choke him. I mean, there's, there's just Namor doesn't stand a chance. He's, he's so badly outmatched. Um, the fact that he can't communicate with sea life uh, is laughable. And I, I just, Except I just want to. Could you read? Could you read this um, from my notes here about Aquaman versus? Namor, could you just read that? Uh, that Aquaman spends too much time talking <laughs> while Namor is spending uh, What he's time not reading is trying ha, to win. Namor was defeated by a whale dropping on him because he is that lame. All right, thank you. Okay, uh, Jeremy, right off the bat, I like the fact you mentioned Namor's ability to fly. Big. I, I mentioned this before in the Superman versus Hulk debate. The, the ability to fly is, is, is significant. And uh, yes, in the, in the comics, they fought underwater. But we're talking about your arguments here, your de the debate in, in, a, in a hypothetical <laughs> namer like could fly. Uh, Aton, uh, great point. Uh, the ability to uh, communicate with sea life. In fact, this is how Aquaman won in, in the miniseries. He, and how he would win every time. <laughs> and, and I like... The fact you pointed out he's, he's kind of a warrior, a legendary warrior. However, the ability to fly, I <laughs> think Namor takes it because oh, of his ability God. to fly. Point goes to Marvel. You're kidding me, kidding me. Ability to fly. We're talking about two fucking ocean dwellers. They're going to fight underwater 99 out of 100 times. Moving on. Oh, All right. Wow. I would point out, well, okay, we'll talk about it later. Okay, let's let's keep moving. Justice Round League, 10. We're tied at 4. 4-4 four, four with one draw. Round 10. Elektra versus Catwoman. <laughs> this is a fucking tiebreaker. Here we go. Um, All right, let's talk I'm about ready. it. I'm <laughs> ready. <laughs> Elektra versus Catwoman. Um, they, uh, what, they meet in uh, New Gotham City. They're just, uh, you know, they're out there doing their thing. And I'm so bummed out that this is our fucking... <laughs> Tiebreaker, but uh, fuck me. Okay, all right. Yeah, there they are. Hold it, keep it together. Yeah, I'm fine. No, we're good. <laughs> all right, we're yeah, let's do it. Let's just dive in. Debate in three, two, one. Aton. Catwoman toe, goes toe to toe. We talk about Batman, his prowess, the, the fact that, you know, we all understand he should have won that uh, fight as he did in the source material. Uh, Aquaman, or <laughs> Aquaman, Catwoman has gone toe to toe. Uh, with Batman uh, numerous times, held her own, um, always gets away. Um, the, the Electra, with all her training, could never get her hands on Catwoman, could never um, beat her in a hand-to-hand -hand, uh, combat because she would never be able to, uh, to trap her in such a way. Much like a cat, uh, Catwoman uh, is uh, very <laughs> agile. <laughs> And uh, and uh, a formidable foe for anybody. We'll wrap this up real quick. <laughs> Electra is an assassin, while Catwoman is uh, a glorified burglar. They both have Master counted Jewel Thief. A Master Jewel Chief. I will give you that. They both have a lot of skills, including agility, getting around. But where if Catwoman would want to get away from a fight, Electra wants to end the fight. She is hired to kill. She is the leader of the hand. She has gone toe to toe, died, and come back, and which. 
Can you honestly think that if Catwoman beat her that she wouldn't die and come back again and kill her because she is an assassin and what her job is to end that person? Catwoman wants to leave. Elektra wants to kill her. She gives her mercy, but she could clearly have killed her in this book. And in any battle, she would have destroyed Catwoman. And it's not even close. It's the reverse Jubilee. <laughs> All right, are we good there? We didn't hit time, but we're good. Right. <laughs> well, no, I want to add to my <laughs> argument. Please. Let me let me continue. <laughs> uh, what a cowman has a whip. Uh, she's very good with it. She could have whipped away uh, Electra's uh, size at any moment. Nice Boom, try. Whack, whack, done, gone. Henry, what's the verb? Okay, so actually, uh, Aton, at the very end, you made a, a, an interesting argument because in my mind, the one possible advantage would be their weaponry. Um, Catwoman has a bullwhip, and the range of a bullwhip is it's a long-range weapon, whereas Electra's size are more of a short-range weapon. You alluded to that at the end, but didn't make a strong argument for it. Uh, I think clearly Electra is the more formidable foe. Uh, Jeremy, you, right off the bat, you made a great uh, argument that she's an assassin. She, she, that's what she does. She kills people. Whereas Catwoman, she's, her primary focus is thievery, right? So Marvel wins round 10. Electra. Five, four, one. But that's not the end. Right. It's not the no, end. we have one more. But we I got, can't lose. We got... Well, no, 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 no. We, oh, we didn't say this earlier, but in the, in the case of a tie, there will be a mutually agreed upon matchup not oh. in the comics that would... Uh, will, and we'll continue on as needed in a sudden death scenario. So it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Round 11. Spider-Man versus Superboy. Let's talk about it. Okay. Um... They are, where are they? They're just in the city again. Um, Spider-Man's swinging around. Superboy um, stops hanging out at the beach in Hawaii for a little while to come. uh, They're in Greenwich Village. Okay, important to note that. Um, But uh, again, another case where the the characters know uh, what's up and they just get down to business um, right away. Uh, and this is uh, Superboy, the clone of Superman. Um, Connell. Connell, Connor yeah, Kent. Connor Kent. And this is Ben Riley, Spider Man. Right. So clone versus clone. Clone on yes. clone crime. Yes. Okay. All right, let's st- start in three, two, one. Jeremy. Hi, so we have uh, Ben Riley, who is a perfect exact replica clone of Peter Parker, who has the proportional strength of a spider, including the webbing, the spider sense, the ability to stick to walls, and the ability to predicate when danger is coming. Then you have Connor Kent, who is half of Superman's power and half of Lex Luthor's intellect, therefore not as Excuse me, at this point, we do not know that he's half human. By any chance, we're talking about 1996. As far as we know, this is a clone of Superman. Superman. That Lex Luthor shit got added fucking a decade later. Please, go on. No, what do you mean? Go on. (laughs) Go on. It's a debate. You don't have to fucking hold hands. With that being said, he is a new hero as opposed to this character being around for at least 10 years in the shadows honing his skills, even though, Mm. yes, Superboy can fly, but Spider-Man has a predilection to fighting airborne villains and is able to defeat them on multiple occasions. Okay. Okay. Great. This is a clone of Superman. He has great power and great responsibility. (laughs) Super strength, flight, and tactile telekinesis. Tactile telekinesis, in this case, would mean that, that... 
these punches, these kicks from Spider-Man would never land. They can't hit him. He's got like he essentially has a protective shield all around him. Um, at this point, he's developing cocky, he's developing heat vision. He could have blasted uh, Spider-Man from across the fucking sky. I mean, it, the, the you're you're basically putting um, a not complete Spider-Man against a not complete Superman. Um, that Superman's going to win every single time. Those powers are so much stronger, so much greater. Um, it's it's I don't see any any chance that Spider-Man his strength, his proportionate strength of a spider is great, but it's got nothing on on fucking the power of the yellow sun uh, giving strength to a, a Superman. There character. are two counterpoints that I would make to this. One, Connor Kent clearly does not have the same skill set as Superman and ergo not as powerful. And number two, he has only been a hero for a few years, whereas he does not have the maturity to control his powers and or handle a battle. And we're supposed to believe this clone has been around for a long time. Not at this point. Not at this point. Oh, interesting. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good to know. So not at this point. Okay. Connor Kent hasn't been around for long at this point. True. Yeah. But he's much more powerful. All right. Time's up, fellas. Uh, judgment time. Okay. So... Um, there have been Spider-Man versus Superman matchups, uh, crossovers in the past, and it's always kind of laughable because we all know Superman is far superior to Spider-Man. Hence, this matchup is is quite compelling because Superboy, as both of you would admit to, is is an inferior version of Superman. It really and uh, kind of going back to the Wonder Woman versus Storm thing. It's 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 not apples to apples. You know, these are different. It's a different uh, different powers are, are at play here. So kind of a tough one to call. Um, Jeremy, I like the fact you you called out the fa- uh, what I just mentioned that Superboy is not Superman. He it's he's Superman. He has Superman's powers with this uh, tactile telekinesis, but it's uh, sort of an inferior version. Uh, and you also called out, called out the fact that uh, Spider-Man, even though this is the clone of Spider-Man, he, this version of Spider-Man does not fall into that same trap. He has the same uh, prowess of Peter Parker, the real Spider-Man, right? And for that reason, I'm giving this one a draw, mm-hmm. a tie. That means you still won. And thus, <laughs> the... Victor of the debate is Marvel. Congratulations to Jeremy. A very close, very tight I mean, battle. Mooker by lunch. It's just so crazy. It's this is crazy. My mind is blown that you guys this Captain America Batman, I'm never gonna get over this. I'm never ever this is gonna hurt me for life. I mean we're we're talking we're I mean we're looking at it here. It happened. Now We've all podcast, seen it. The podcast has to come out now. We've all seen this. Henry, please make the sure nothing here. happens to this. Oh yeah. I guess it, what's we going up on the store Facebook page today? These four pages of fucking Batman defeating Captain America for now, the world to see. Let's let's bear in mind that this is no reflection on the characters themselves. these are our own arguments. And if there's any hate, it shouldn't be directed towards DC or Marvel or the characters per se, but maybe Just towards towards, each other. towards, <laughs> towards Jeremy, towards, towards Aton, Jeremy. or for me. Sure, uh, Jeremy. Feel yeah. free to, to uh, shoot await, hate our way. I await the uh, Facebook comments <laughs> and the um, uh, 
Twitter feedback. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Now that it's all over with, any final thoughts about uh, what just happened? Any anything else? I'm at all? broken. <laughs> I'm I broken. feel comfortable. I didn't. I never thought in a million years it would end like this. <laughs> I feel comfortable in the knowledge that Marvel in the '90s was superior to DC, <laughs> if only by a little. I think that there are times in history where DC has been superior to Marvel and vice versa. But I think in this particular iteration, justice has prevailed. And I have to say uh, that the the passion you brought uh, earlier, Eitan, that uh, what what drew you to victory in one of the rounds was was kind of sucked from you uh, after the Batman versus Cap decision and perhaps Perhaps that may have factored in the later rounds. Well, of Defeated course, by cold, of course. Hard logic. I thought I was with friends here, and I'm not. I'm surrounded by people who don't love me and don't uh, know anything about anything. Obviously, Dude, you went um, into the belly of the beast, and you're barely coming out alive. No, no. I mean, I'm I'm sorry for you guys. I feel bad for you that this is how you feel about Batman, Captain America. It shows just. A lack of understanding of the medium of comic books. I give you 100% permission to complain about me to everybody that walks into your <laughs> store to tell them how you were wrong. What the fuck do you think I'm going to do all day? I what do you do all week? But I'm giving you, the, I'm giving you the go ahead to say, you know what? You go and don't. I don't need the go ahead from a fucking Captain America apologist. <laughs> this is obscene. If this is nearly as offensive as the Storm uh, one Roman matchup. I mean, I, I, I have respect for Captain America. Please let that be known. But the, the fact that he could beat Batman in a fight that I somehow... I, I feel bad because I let Batman down. Okay? I let Batman down. That's will, on me. That's on me. Thank that you hurts. for this opportunity to debate you. Shaking hands are happening right here. DC. And I will end with this. Not only in the comic books is Captain America superior to Batman. In the face. <laughs> but in the movie, there has not been a Batman movie better than Captain oh, America. Wow. Do you want to talk okay. about movies? I know. That, that Captain America in those movies is the least convincing fucking portrayal of a superhero. All right. That's a debate for another day. Right, let's, let's reel it Batman, in. Thank you very I'm much sorry. for your time. Batman fans, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. I can't. Hot take. All right. Thank you so much, gentlemen. And we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry, Jeremy, and Aton. Goodbye. Been a pleasure.